Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with week 67 of the Ham Radio Podcast. And it is me, the Lone Bolt Wanderer. Noah isn't here, so it's just Maddie and I today. It is. It's a good old-fashioned Maddie Lone fanfic mm-hmm. love fest here. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Lo- uh, Noah was going to come on, but he's been busy with, like, doctor's appointments, work, and all that stuff. Where He said, honestly, today I actually have free time. He said, I can come on the cast if you want. But we were like, look, just, you know, go go take some time to yourself. So uh, yeah. Noah won't be joining us today, which is totally all right. And yeah, so we have an interesting week in Bethesda. It's been like a low-key, and I don't like to use that word, but it's been like a low-key interesting week for Bethesda, Mm -hmm. and obviously there's been a lot happening in gaming in general, so we're going to talk about all of that this week. So let's go ahead and dive... Actually, wait, let's address some some things first, actually, because I forgot about this stuff. Um, First Mm -hmm. of all is that uh, there have been some audio issues on my end. It's happened a couple of times now, ever since we switched to the video format that you guys see now. Yeah. Um, and so for that, we've, we're trying a new solution right now. Hopefully that fixes the audio, but right now it, I mean, you guys watch my videos for the most part, if you listen to this podcast, so you know that my microphone's fine. So it's something with the program that we're trying to work out because last yeah. episode, it was like up and down. Sometimes I just fade Switching out. speakers. Yeah. yeah. It, it's been really weird. So we're trying to figure that out. We do see your comments and stuff. Uh, also, once again, thank you guys for listening on the go. You can listen to us on either iTunes or Google play. Uh, some interesting news about that because Sugar Bomb isn't driving a lot of traffic. We host the podcast there, and so mm. uh, we're not making enough right now. Where we're gonna have to switch mobile servers, so we're gonna keep you guys up to date on that. But for now, the podcast will remain on mobile devices. But for the most part, um, nothing should change on your end. But we just want to keep you guys tuned in just in case we have to switch from like one server to the other. Uh, but nonetheless, that's the only updates I can think about in terms of the podcast itself. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm wearing a hat right now, right? The reason I'm wearing a hat is because I I have my hair combed. <laughs> Need to adjust this. Yeah, yeah, these are important things. I have, I have my hair combed back. I don't feel like listening to what people have to say, so I'm just like, I'll throw on a hat. I'd rather look like a tool. <laughs> so, That's brilliant. Yeah. Anyway, without further ado, let's get into this week's Bethesda News Roundup. If I look off camera and down, it's because my phone's there and I have the headlines listed there. So... Let's start off with uh, some exciting stuff. We have Fallout Shelter's 1.6 update, which is out on mobile devices, as well as now, officially, the full game is out on the PC. Have you had a chance to play Fallout Shelter on the PC? I haven't, but obviously I've played Fallout Shelter to death. Um, yeah, so. I, I saw your video, though. Apparently, it's it's much easier than the touch controls, and just a nice yeah. 60 FPS. It's just much better experience. It is. The, the only complaint I personally have, and it, it sounds like a nitpick until you actually play the game, yeah. is that when you're playing Fallout Shelter on your mobile device, you go on, you 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 know collect your resources from each room, you level up mm. some dwellers, maybe build a few more rooms, and then you close the app because after that, time takes place and the, the vault progresses. And when you come back next time, that's when you see progress. Now, for us, when we sit down at a console or we sit down at a PC uh, yeah, in a yeah. game, you're yeah. usually 
ready to go for, you know, at least a couple of hours for the most part. Maybe some people sit down and game for an hour and be all right. But for me, I sit down for at least, you know, a couple hours at a time when I'm ready to game. So with Fallout Shelter, it's these quick interval experiences where you're not really putting a lot of time into the game you want to keep playing, but you can't. So it's really weird on the PC where I think they should maybe accelerate some processes. Like instead of making you wait three full hours for babies to be born, maybe like a half hour. You can... So I, I'm interested in this. How, how does it work in terms of when you're on your phone, you turn the app off and it still goes on. But when you're on the PC, can you run it in windowed mode and then minimize it so it still runs that's, while you're doing other stuff? That's what a lot of people have started to do. Me personally, like I said, yeah. when, I, when I'm ready to game, that's that's what I'm doing. Yeah. I like to focus on the game. Like some people flip on, for example, our podcast. They'll put it on in the background and play a video game. We appreciate you guys doing that. Me personally, I like to mm. just focus on the game. But yeah, the game starts off in window mode in a smaller screen and i thought to myself why the hell would i want to do that but then i realized after playing yeah. it i thought well most people will probably put it in windowed tab it off because it's not a demanding game you know so you, you can run this in windowed and go on the internet and stuff and then yeah, flip okay. back and forth between them so yeah that's an idea i think bethesda had or if you're like pete hines before the game came out he's bragging about how yeah i have it in my other monitor and it's just <laughs> i'm playing it all day and stuff so bloody pete yeah <laughs> But the Fallout no, but it, on it, the PC is, I, I think it's the, it, it's an awesome way to play the game. 60 FPS and the and the non-frustrating touchscreen controls make it a lot yeah. better. I, I think I'm definitely just going to have it um, open on the side. So when I'm editing a video or just reading comments or doing shit, I just have it there. Um, and not necessarily have it in a full screen mode where I'm dedicating an hour or so to it. Because to be honest, Fallout Shelter is designed as a mobile game. It's not really played like that. Uh, you know, you, you typically do a bit of some things in the game and then you back away, wait for the progress to happen, and then you jump back into it. So I think this is a good, like, a multitasking game to have on your PC. It definitely is, because it's not too mentally demanding. Now, the thing, though, is that I haven't gotten to the quest yet. I I'm, I'm, I'm have enough settlers in my vault and everything to get that going. So, I, like I said in my video, I was going to make that, like, a multi-part thing. So I have enough of that ready to go. I haven't tried it yet, though, so maybe... That's where the prolonged experience comes from, where you can hop in and you know do these quests for as long as you want, travel these new yeah. locations, do the new combat system. So that's going to be the the interesting part of this update. I really want to to try that because I've heard really good things. I remember Charles Battersby; he's from Shoddycast. For those who don't know, but he wrote an article saying how he started a whole brand new vault just because of the quest system and and whatnot. So yeah, fair enough. Yeah, and and there have been some Reddit posts online about being able to transfer your saves from the uh, the, the phone to the computer itself. And, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me that yeah, you can do that. Vault of Data has managed to do it, or Rob. So yeah. it, well, I, I had that... actually, um, I had followed Shelter on my old phone, mm. and I had to transfer the save over to a new phone. So I just got the, because I have an Android, it's pretty easily, mm-hmm. easy, sorry. You can easily just go into the files, grab the save file, and move it over. So if they're using the same save file, then I can imagine it's pretty easy. Yeah. So I'm I'm hoping that'll become like a like a natural feature for the game, like file transfer of some form. Yeah. So I'm I'm really hoping that's a thing. Me personally, I, I I'm not gonna lie. I after Fallout Four came out, I think it was around February. I ended up deleting the app because I was like, well, I'm not really gonna play it much. Or February, I don't know. I I deleted it recently though. I think maybe it was like around June. Now that I think yeah. about it, I don't know. Like yeah. I, I I ended up deleting it though, not because I didn't like the game, but just because it was just sitting on my phone taking up memory and i like to take sure, a lot, i like sure. to take a lot of pictures so you know <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> myself get those selfies up yeah yeah my, right. myself 
stuff I'm doing. I just take them from <laughs> memories. I'm, I don't. I post like once a day on my Instagram, but it's usually like stuff that happened months ago. Do you take just because of your food when you eat. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not okay. that guy. I, okay, like, like I've sure. done that. I've done that a few times. Like when I travel, that's when I take pictures of my food. When I'm at my house, like my mom's a good ass cook. I know that. I don't have to brag about that. So, you know, there's that. Um, We're not judging you, Maddie. It's fine. fine. I know you're not judging me. (laughs) So there's that. Then there's the sad confirmation. (sighs) It's okay, buddy. You're going to be okay? I'm I'm going to be fine. So Nuka World has been confirmed as Fallout 4's final DLC, the last one, Pete Hines says. Yeah. And uh, th- this has just been such a weird situation. A lot of people were, like, complaining on the video because they were saying, at least my initial video, and as well, I think JB2017 got some flag for it. They're like, we already knew this, but it's like, this the PR for this final DLC has been handled horribly, in my opinion, because it's if this is the last one, this should be, like, an official statement. It shouldn't have come mm-hmm. from, like, okay, it should come from an interview, but it shouldn't have been, if Todd misworded it, it shouldn't have been then Pete following it up with, well, it might, it's the last one we have planned. I don't want to say anything yet, which I get. And then him saying on Twitter it's the last one, and that's how they say this is the final DLC. You know what I'm saying? So, no, not, not to be a tinfoil hat um, person, but maybe they're just saying that to surprise us with another DLC. I don't know. They've done I, this in the past. I am I'm the same. I just don't express it as much because I'm – I just – I don't – They've done such a good job listening to us the whole way through, whether it was like the survival mode or we want a big yeah. landmass, we want more choices, that type of stuff. We've been getting that. So I'd be sort of surprised if there wasn't some type of thing coming for Fallout, but that's just like Lone said. It's kind of like a tinfoil hat theory yeah. kind of thing. It's just, man, I it's it sucks. It really sucks. But, but you know, like, look – um. I'm always, I've always been the person to not just get angry at anything for no, no particular reason. No, I'm not reason. mad either because it's, um, it's. No, good. no, I'm not, I'm not saying you are, but no, for me, saying, no, I'm, I'm just taking this as an opportunity, both personally and with my channel, just to play other games. And mm. so at, at this stage, I'm just like, and eh, like to be honest, I'm not even like super excited about Nuka World. Mm. And yeah, it's. I, I just want to to jump on you know other games and get excited for other things, which is why you know. I keep bringing it up, but Bioshock, the collection was such a fresh, um, breath of fresh air, sorry, for me, and also other games that are coming out that I'm excited for. So uh, I'm just like, you know, whatever, it's the last DLC, cool, I'll play it and, and I'll enjoy it. Um, I was one of the lucky few that managed to get the season pass before the price increase, so, you know, I, I still see, I personally got value for money, whether I, someone else thinks that they didn't is, you know, their opinion, um, but we'd have to talk to someone that had the increased season pass uh, past price. That's a tongue twister. But yeah, nevertheless, I'm just, I- I'm looking forward to moving on to something else, both personally and for my YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. I hear you. No, I, I, I agree in a sense. For me, I've noticed that Fallout's already trending down like my Elder Scrolls videos do a million times better than my Fallout videos in Fallout. Oh, yeah. So it's like, yeah. you know, you, you can already see where the trend's heading. People are already ready to go on to whatever Bethesda's doing next, which I understand. Um, well, let me give I, you a bit of a context with that. I released, you know, one of my mod overhaul, mod overhaul videos for Fallout 4 that take me like 20 hours plus to fucking produce. Yeah. Like, they're really long. Mm-hmm. And the one that I did on, funny enough, Bioshock, it got like a little over 5,000 views. The next video that I did, which was just me talking into a microphone for nine minutes about I need help with my channel, I want to move on to something else, that video got as many views as that Fallout 4 mod overhaul video. Really? That tells me, right, that even people on my channel 
are looking forward to something different. Yeah. You know, and, and not just looking for Fallout 4 stuff. Like, th- that was just like a, a mind shock to me. People just, as many people watched that video as a fully edited professional mod over, overhaul video. It was just mm-hmm. amazing to me. Yeah. No, for me, it was like a lot of these certain news updates are pretty quick videos. I'm not going to lie. Like, some of them are, are pretty long, yeah. but some take a while. And I've yeah. had a couple of discussion videos where I've like spent so much time researching, linking up everything, and then yeah. I, did a, I did a playthrough video with ESO, and that got like 50k. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, son like, of a bitch! I'm like, yeah. all right, like if people want these types of videos, and people have been watching my playthrough type of videos, so I'm like, you know what? I they're they're the most fun I've had with videos in a while. So seeing them yep. do well is is awesome too, and. It brings me back to the time before Fallout 4 was a thing where it was like, okay, this game's not a guarantee, so we have to do different things. And for me, I I found my experimentation within the Fallout universe at the time. Like, I was just doing random skits about Fallout and stuff. But for me, now that you and I both have, like, platforms to to build off of, now you get the chance to try different games and to promote yourself to these other developers who, when they look at our channels, they see, like, okay, they do different things every now and then, but they're mostly Bethesda which, you know, they see the numbers, they're like, okay, that's appealing, but now when we're doing different games, we'll be appealing to other developers to come on the podcast, for example, where we can have a a special episode focused on, we're saying hypothetically, by the way, but for example, Mm -hmm. we start changing things up and then we can get, like, people from No Man's Sky on to talk about the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, once we change it up enough to show that we have diversity, variety, whatever you want to call it, I think those are the good type of changes that are going to come. But the only thing that... to be honest... In the, in the past month, for example, I, I think I calculated the last 24 videos that I did, um, nine of those were Fallout 4, and I'm sure the numbers are very, very similar for you as well, Maddie, because I've been noticed you've been doing many different videos, whether it's just general Bethesda or Pokemon Go yeah. or whatever, Skyrim. Um, and it, it, it's kind of nice on our side because m- what many people don't know is that Maddie and I, first of all, we don't really play Fallout 4 that much. We, <laughs> we tend to make videos. So, you know, making videos about a game over and over and over again, eventually it does get a bit draining. Like, I'm not saying that playing the game is getting draining. It's more making content on the game. And then after a while, you're just like, oh, it it feels like just the same thing again and again. For me personally, anyways, and I'm just looking for that something different. It's not that I'm necessarily going completely away from Fallout. It's more that I I just want to change the pace for me. No, I, I, yeah, and I, I can agree to uh, an extent at least. And the only reason I say to an extent is because for me, it's like I feel to have a, I don't want to say successful channel, but one that's constantly in the loop, you want a backbone to it. And like Fallout 4 was yeah. a backbone. Now, Bethesda's general stuff is sort of a backbone that works, but now Skyrim Remastered is sort of a backbone. So it's kind of like a flimsy period, and you got to hope that all these games coming out in the fall can fill that up. So it's not really a problem because there's so much shit happening in gaming and stuff and uh you know obviously bethesda is very pro creator not just bethesda game studios but a good example is actually i i I tweeted out that i i pre-ordered the dishonored 2 collector's edition and i tagged harvey Harvey smith in it just the the co-creative director for dishonored one and two by the way and um he responded he was like hey if you want to do an unboxing video let me know and i was like i'm definitely doing it so you know oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) but what i'm saying is that you know you're probably going to see down the line more of just general Bethesda from everyone, including myself alone and all these other YouTubers, because that's where the trend is heading because it, it just makes the most sense. Bethesda is very pro creator. It still keeps that Bethesda niche and interest. It's a lot of things that 
allow you to switch it up as well. I, um, but... They are so procreate. Like, yeah. when we make videos on Bethesda games, we don't even have to fucking worry about what we're posting, whether it's the full trailer, whether it's music from their games, whatever. Yeah. We will never, ever, ever, ever get a copyright claim. The only copyright claim that I got in a Fallout 4 video was some other random third-party company, which was just trying to get revenue off of me. Um, and unfortunately, the same can't be said about other developers. Now, I, I've had good experiences with 2K and Bioshock, you know, I, I haven't had anything. Yeah, 2K's like, Pro Creator. They are. Because like, I've actually... They did, um, they're really good. Yeah, because I'm I've, I'm friends with the PR there, uh, Brian Roundy. And, you know, he. I remember when I started doing Mafia 3 videos, he emailed me. We were talking a little bit. He said, I'd like to talk on the phone with you. And he said, like, we're not going to force you or pay you to do any of these videos. You know, we're, we're Pro Creator. We're not going to strike you down or anything. We want to hear everything you have to say, positive and negative. So they're very much in the same kind of light as Bethesda, which is also securing because that's the thing is that YouTube, there's a lot of gray areas. And, and when you hear stuff like this from the source itself, it's a security it's and, and you, yeah, you want to go to help them out because it's like, okay, they're not going to strike me down and I'm going to, you know, build up some attention to their game, not hype, but just give some information out on, on what's going on there. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, but regardless, the, the Nuka world, they actually changed the description for the DLC a little bit. They removed something about the leading your own raider gangs. Someone pointed out on the Bethesda Net articles, and I thought that was interesting as well. Uh, I know that's not on our listed headlines, but I wonder if it's because it was being misinterpreted a little bit. I think it was just a matter of picking a faction, like the because there was like a vassal settlement. There was a but raider pick settlement. a faction and be the leader. I, don't I, know. I was ho- I was hoping to lead a bunch of fucking raiders and and kill everyone and wreak havoc. Yeah, that's what I was hoping too. I, I, Interesting. That's yeah. They they removed it, and I was like, hmm, that's strange. Cause yeah, like, it, it's so close to the launch of the DLC that uh, I I don't know, man. It'll we'll, be we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, I just wanted to point that out. Uh, let's talk about probably the hottest news topic this week for Bethesda. Yes. Let's talk about the mods issue that's been going on. Mm-hmm. Before we get deep into it, the brief summary or the accusation that's been tossing around, tossed around rather, is that Bethesda stole a mod for the the Brain Dead DLC or the Brain Dead quest in the Far Harbor DLC, which yeah. is it sucks because you know there's like a toxic aura around the Wasteland Workshop and the, just the settlement DLCs in general. Even though Contraptions wasn't that bad, um, th- there's just been this toxic aura around them. So like. Far Harbor is this this kind of uh, safe haven. Like this is Beacon the definitive. Yeah, it's like this is the definitive DLC, and then you hear news like this that kind of pulls Far Harbor down. It's like shit. So mm-hmm. let's get into this. We have multiple articles to read. We have one from yeah. the modder himself who created the mod that was apparently copied, and then we also have the um kotaku interpretation of the whole thing because they have some interesting insight on it lone will be reading it i don't have i can't bring up the screens and stuff because like i said i would be covering my face and obviously you guys don't want that so yeah and the reason why the reason why we want to read this first of all is because we've seen a lot of articles about that they're entitled and we get it it's for getting views and stuff but they're entitled you know bethesda stole this plagiarize that but if you actually read what the mod author said he's actually really fair incredibly fair and the reason why i want to read what he said verbatim is because a lot of people are actually jumping on his case the mod creator's case and saying oh you know they didn't steal your mod just fuck off mate blah 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 and all this and shit but 
he's actually if you read his article he's being genuinely fair and the way i've seen it is him simply pointing out certain similarities between his mod and a quest in fallout 4's far harbor and then just saying but this is perfectly okay that those are his words and and i want to read it so everyone knows that this mod author is not just trying to um accuse bethesda of stealing his own shit that's really not the message he gets across he was just really kind of like cool with it even though it was pretty blatant what happened but nonetheless you can go ahead and read it because i think so, people will believe us more when they hear his writing yeah so the mod author says a few weeks before fallout 4's release autumn leaves a fallout new vegas mod was published on mod db and the nexus it featured a colorful cast of eccentric robots in charge of a forgotten vault where a strange murder happened sounds familiar maybe to those who played uh far harbor's brain dead quest it was only recently that a nice fellow named um, in Delex, brought to my attention that there were several sim- similarities between the two. Since I didn't play Brain Dead myself, I did a bit of research on the Let's Plays and YouTube. Um, the comparison. First off, both, both quests begin with a discussion through an interphone with a caretaker of the vault, a head raider robot with a, rather indis- with a rather distinguished persona. Sorry, The big mandatory vault door opens, leaving the player up for the exploration of the vault. And then he shows a number of different comparison photos between the quest in Fallout 4 Star Harbor and his own mod. So up until now, nothing unusual as vaults are popular locations in Fallout's universe. It's all good. Then the main quest itself, which consists in investigating the murder by checking the crime scene and speaking to every robot in the vault. The mysterious death of the prime financier of the vault, who in both cases worked alongside vault Tech to build the special place which, again, is their, their vaults created by vault Tech, so nothing crazy there. The importance of voice modulators in the plot to distinguish the robots between themselves. Then there is a sexy time moment and, of course, a mandatory let's discuss paintings with a robot. And, again, he's talking about all the comparison uh, screenshots throughout, and we'll link that article in the description below. And as well, because this was just in the pictures, the main atrium, the entrance area, was pretty similar yeah. looking as well. Yeah. So, and then he says... He goes on to say this. Now, now, truth be said, I honestly thought Bethesda's staff played Autumn Lees and had a blast with it, I hope, and took some things out of it and made their own thing for Far Harbor. And I seriously think this is perfectly okay. This is the mod author's words, not mine. After all, Autumn Leaves itself uh, gets inspirations from countless um, other areas. So um, Cluedo, Planescape Torment, Arcanum, Older Fallouts, etc. And being influenced is a natural part of the writing process. But it does raise some questions. Should modders get some recognition from the industry, compensation? How could those two dynamics, paid content and free creation, should be managed? What kind of acknowledgement should a big publisher give to small creators? What is the kind of acknowledgement that, that they can afford? In my case, why am I making a post of it? Just to raise some awareness of Autumn Leaves. Since I witnessed the interest that Braindead had from players, I thought it would be cool to jump on the occasion to tell them that there's more of these kinds of uh, quests exists through mods. So... If you actually read what the mod author says, and again, link in the description below, mm-hmm. never at one stage does he say, Bethesda, Bethesda plagiarized my work, they copied my work. Yep. All he did, in my eyes, was point out certain similarities between the mod he created and Bethesda's um, quest in Far Harbor, and said, there are similarities, and I think this is perfectly okay, and he just questions the idea of um, getting recognition and compensation. So when I see a lot of these articles that are uh, saying, oh, Bethesda was accused of plagiarism or stealing or whatever, that's really not uh, interpreting what the mod author said correctly. And, and I think that's really bad because the mod author is getting a lot of flack for this stuff when I thought his article was actually very fair. 
So now let's actually move on though to the similarities. Now, if you look at these screenshots in and of themselves, there are similarities. We don't doubt that. And we all know that Bethesda throughout in the past and also Obsidian with New Vegas especially as well, they take mod que- they take cues, sorry, from the mod community all the time. Every single time, well, not every single time, but a lot of these different features or aspects of the new Fallout games, some of them are actually inspired by mods. And the best example that we can think of is hardcore mode in Fallout New Vegas and, of course, now Fallout 4 with survival mode. Josh Sawyer, when he was specifically developing uh, New Vegas, he said that hardcore mode was based off of three different Fallout 3 mods or several Fallout 3 mods. So he specifically admitted that. So when, by saying that he was influenced by these mods in the community, you don't necessarily see credits given in New Vegas itself. You don't see credits at the end. You don't see a pop-up that says this mod was inspired by these several mod authors. You don't see any of that. But they did say that they were inspired. And whether or not, like, we could argue heaps um, about whether there are actually, you know, cut and dry similarities between this mod and between um, the quest in Far Harbor, but taking it on the assumption that someone that created Fallout 4 and created this quest did play this mod and then was was inspired by some of their aspects in the creation of this Far Harbor quest. The the question is raised, was that actually so wrong? There's a legal argument that can be made and there's a moral argument that can be made. Again, the the thing that I want to point out is that the Fallout games have taken cues from the mod community all the time, whether it's... uh, incorporating aspects of bullet time into vats in Fallout 4, whether it's, uh, uh, what's it called, um, iron sights, whether it's uh, weapon modification. But weapon modification was brought in in New Vegas because of mods in Fallout 3. So this has happened a lot. And the thing that I, I just want to point out is that we didn't have an issue with it then. And what, why is it becoming such a different issue now? Now, I understand that there are differences between mechanics and quests and how can that be managed. But I just want to say that this isn't new, and I don't think Bethesda, in the past of any ways, shied away from the fact that they've always taken inspirations from the mod community. Hmm. Yeah. So, there's that. Then there's also the Kotaku, Kotaku? article. Yeah. So, I'll, I'll read this Kotaku article, because this actually, it points out that the similarities, as when you read this article from the mod author, it's not so clear-cut. Because um, they actually play through the quest that we, Maddie and I haven't played through yet, so we can't really speak on this, all right? We're just reading off of what Kotaku said. But they said this on Kotaku. Again, the article will be linked uh, in the description. They said that I played through Brain Dead last night and have spent a couple of hours watching less plays of Autumn Leaves as well. Actually, they didn't play the quest. They just watched less plays. Okay, yeah, they watched so less they're, plays. They're that's in, fine. They're in the same boat as us. Same thing. Fair enough. But based on what I've seen and played, the situation seems a bit more complex than what is presented in the blog post. There are indeed similarities, but overtly, both of the quests have enough differences that it would be easy for Bethesda to say that it was just a coincidence. The mod author points to a variety of different similarities like the one above, and you can check them out there. Uh, Without context, these allegations present a very strong case. The screenshots have been paired to look the same. If you've actually played Brain Dead, however, it's not as clear-cut. For example, the mod author shows that both the mod and the quest have, robot that pro- have robots that proposition you, but it's not like Autumn Leaves came up with the idea of a robot fucking or having sex. Fallout 4 pulled that gag for years. Do you remember Fisto? So I, I guess the situation here, as far as I see it, is that everyone's taking inspiration from everyone, and this happens in storytelling a lot. 
of course, we haven't played the mod itself in New Vegas, so we can't make that jump to say there are definitely similarities or there are not similarities. But I reckon what we should do is take this discussion on the basis that let's assume at the very least that Bethesda was inspired by this mod. Someone on the Fallout 4 dev team was inspired by this mod. What do we think of it on that basis? See, the thing is that Bethesda's been in the crosshairs of the modding community for a while now that they've feel like apparently been ripping them off, not treating them right, no respect, yada, yada, yada. So I think, as well as just the, the Bethesda community in general, they've been kind of, uh, I don't want to say Bethesda's the all, do all they, they're only doing the right thing, but Bethesda's mm. been under attack by their own community for quite a while now since Fallout 4 dropped. So I'm not surprised that people are spinning this to some degree into a Bethesda is stealing from mod authors yeah so and from my perspective as i mentioned before there's a number of arguments that we can take here first of all on a legal basis legally bethesda haven't done anything wrong i think it's in the end user license agreement when you use the creation kit and and create anything from that everything i I don't they believe they say it's the property of bethesda but bethesda can use it however they want i believe that's in the end user license agreement is that correct maddie yeah, they're, um, it's in the EULA for Skyrim, Fallout 4. I'm yeah. not 100% sure. It, it's, word, it's the same thing in the GEC. It's just worded differently. But in, yeah. in, the, in Skyrim and um, what's it called? In Skyrim and Fallout 4, it, says, it, it literally says that these mods are the property of Bethesda and they can, they, they can perpetually yeah. just make them their own. Yeah, it's, and then, and then there's also. Says. There's also this little thing that Maddie and I rely on all the time called fair use. As much as we like to rely on fair use for YouTube, fair use applies generally for whatever. Yeah. And one of the situations that fair use applies is for parody. Now, in the U- so to give you a bit of context, in the US, the way fair use operates is that so long as the use of someone else's copyrighted property is fair, and there are a lot of different definitions of that, then it's okay, and therefore you don't need to necessarily give recognition or credit to the copyright owner or to the rights owner. And one of the common situations that fair use applies is in terms of parody. So if I was to do a parody of, I don't know, a music video online, technically there should be nothing wrong with that. And in fact, developers of games use fair use all the time, whether it's uh, implementing Easter eggs of other games, you know, referencing other characters, referencing other games or worlds, Developers use fair use all the time. Here's, they rely on it a, all the time. Here's a really good example, ladies and gentlemen. How about Fallout and Mad Max? <laughs> exactly. No, exactly it's, right. It's and, and this happens in storytelling. In, I mean, like the first Fallout I'm talking. The first ever Fallout game was blatantly inspired in every single facet, for the most part, besides factions and obviously a couple other things. But for the yeah. most part, the universe, the way it was created, everything was totally inspired by Mad Max. They and they have the, a, an and, outfit and, uh, in the game. I think it's Black Isle Studios. They they went out of their ways to just be like, we loved Mad Max, and we were like, this is something we want to make a game about. And no, I exactly, think like, there was actually I remember one. now there was a time where Black Isle Studios was actually I think they were working on a Mad Max game, and then they ended up making Fallout yeah. instead. So yeah, your favorite series was essentially created off of fair use. <laughs> Not and, literally, and, and but... the similarities aren't just. They're not just in references. I mean, there's a, an outfit in the game, the leather armor in Fallout One, which is almost a co- cut and copy of Mad Max's, or, or like uh, the character of Mad Max, his armor in, in the movies. So, so again, developers rely on fair use all the time, and we could use 
so many other situations, whether it's System Shock and Bioshock and Deus Ex, whether it's all these other games that use Easter eggs or reference other games, even for a while, NBA was relying on fair use when it had the tattoos of characters on their arms, and they yeah. try and defend that. Now, I lost that case, by the way, but the point is, is that developers also, as well as YouTube creators, rely on fair use all the time. So I guess on the legal aspect, Bethesda is fine, but I think where the discussion comes into it is more morally. Morally, what should Bethesda have done? And this is where people's opinions can legitimately um, vary a lot. People could say that Bethesda should have at least given some sort of credit, whether in the credits themselves or maybe a pop-up prompt or something, however that could have been managed. Some people believe that they didn't need to do anything because there were only similarities and stories are similar in many different aspects. And then some people think that this was a cut-and-dry copy-and-paste and and that Bethesda should have given direct uh, credit to the mod author. So we could talk about what our own personal morals are, but I guess from a legal aspect, it's fine. Yeah, and it's if okay for me, I think what Bethesda should do, not in this case, but from like this point forward, mm. make like a modders rewarding rewards program, and, and not like liter, not a literal handing out cold hard cash for mods, mm. but a reward program where Bethesda can roll them into their own studio in a sense where, for example, okay, a modder had. A thousand downloads on a mod. That's awesome, and mm. maybe maybe a little short, but you know that that's a decent amount. Let's say you get this many downloads, you get beta access to the next DLC. That's cool. S- something like that, where you get this early access to special treatment because there should be some form of compensation for these guys. And I know there is donations, which is awesome, but not everyone's going to donate. There's got to be paid mods. To... Uh, that's uh, I look. That that's a whole paid month situation that I truly do believe model authors should be able to get compensation for their work. That I, I strongly believe that the system I, yeah, that was... and, and if you don't believe it, you've probably never used the Gek or the Creation Kit. Yeah, I, I've tried the Gek. I've said this a good handful of times. It feels like in recent memory, but I'll say it again just so people know. I've had to use it for one teeny tiny thing, which was my my lore series, and I did it to mess around with the text in a. Current, uh, computer terminal in Fallout New Vegas, and it was that was in itself was extremely difficult. So these quest uh, these quest or these mod authors were making quests with pathfinders yeah. and fully brand new areas, uh, games that are as big as Fallout Three, like Fallout the Frontier. You know, yeah. they're, they're making these massive games that are essentially mods, and people are saying that they shouldn't make any money from them. I, I, and I, I, I do understand, though. I do understand, though, that when this thing, this this service has been free for so long, it's a pretty drastic change to all of a sudden put a price tag on everything. Mm. But I think there's well, some agree form with, of though, compensation. I, That's what I think. I, I I agree that the the paid mod system that was implemented in the past was unfair because the mod author, I think he got like or she got like twenty percent or something very low, and then the majority went to Bethesda and Valve. Yes, and I thought that that was unfair because I thought that the mod creator, you know, should... I don't know why Valve was getting such a big cut. I understand it's a business, whatever. But I thought at least, at the very least, the mod creator should have gotten more. So I understand and I agree that it wasn't fair in the past. But completely just disagreeing with the fact that mod authors should be compensated... Should not be compensated, rather, I think is really unfair because they put so much work into their mods... And they get very little uh, recognition for it. I know that people can say, you know, great, mate, thanks work, thanks for working on this mod, blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, oh, you know, I, I could have been doing a, a part-time job. I could have been getting money it's like, elsewhere. It's like videos without ads on them. 
Yeah. And it's like, and hey, it, great video, but it's like, cool, I didn't make anything from this. I just did it in my free time, right? And it's not like you didn't enjoy it, but you wanted to obviously maybe make some money off of it if you can. And it's hard to put yourself in their shoes because being a modder is such a unique talent. It's it's difficult mm. being a video game developer. So it's really hard to put yourself in other people's shoes where really, and I'm not minimizing a YouTuber because it's not easy either, but a lot of people can at least give that a go. Oh, I just need a video camera, some video game recording yeah. software and a personality yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you can you can give it a whirl at least and, and see what that's like and try daily uploading and be like okay wow this is actually not as easy as people make it look uh but with with the game development it, it's different because there's so many facets there's so many ways to get involved it's really hard just to start yeah. learning in general you don't know where to start so a lot of people are just fine with sitting back and consuming so yeah, yeah. And, you know, we can't live off smiles and candies forever. Like, you know, people have bills to pay. And if people can make a genuine, at least a, a equivalent to a part-time job's income through creating mods that the community enjoys and that people are actively saying, yeah, I want to give you money for, I don't see what's wrong with that. But taking the, the argument back or the discussion back to this particular mod, again, I don't think that the mod author or the creator should be receiving hate for saying that there are similarities. All he does is point out similarities and say, I think this is perfectly okay, and raises the idea or the topic of how should um, recognition be given or credit be given or potentially compensation be given. And that's related to the paid mods discussion. Um, and then there's the moral argument about whether we think Bethesda should have done more. But to be honest, we can't judge because we haven't played this mod. We, like, we, only, we have to play this mod and then we have to play uh, Brain Dead again to really see if there are similarities. And I, I just can't speak to that, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think watching a playthrough would do the same trick because you're you're trying just to look for similarities more so than the experience yeah. itself. Yeah. But yeah, I, on on the outside looking in, there's definitely a lot of similarities. I don't think Bethesda could straight up give credit in the credits itself. But here's the thing, though, is that people need to realize is that people are going to point the finger at Bethesda as a whole and be like, "This is all Bethesda. They are trash." Here's the problem, though, is that, and really not a problem, this is how Bethesda makes their game so fast. When they make a dungeon space, for example, like your, uh, the Atomic to Atomatoys building, for example, just say that. Mm. When they place a designer to create that building, he's not just making the world space there. He is making the area. If there's a quest involved, a lore involved, he is designing that area fully. This is why there's lore errors in Fallout 4 that are kind of blatant and glaring, is because of the fact that you have designers separately each doing their own thing based off their own knowledge, what they've been inspired from personally, instead of just one writing team solely driving the entire experience, not only just the main story, but all the side content in every single area in the game. It's just a lot of work for a studio as small as Bethesda Game Studios, so they hand off some of the writing, some of the story creation to their actual designers who model stuff and whatnot. Yeah. And that's fine yeah. because it's worked out because that's how, for example, you have the Dunwich building. That's how that was created and how that legend in Fallout became such a popular thing is because good things can come out of this type of stuff because you have a different creative stance rather than one person's just driven mindset for an entire game. So likely what mm. happened was one designer saw this mod, played it, was like, huh, that was pretty good. That's something I'd like to try to implement yep. into Fallout 4. And they took inspiration from it, mm. maybe a little too much, and they, they did just that. And you can't expect every single person at the Bethesda Game Studios to play every single mod. There's so many mods out of there. And to tell you the truth, this is no disrespect to the modder, 
I had not heard of Autumn Leaves until this headline popped up. And I see what mm. he's doing. Obviously, he mm. can he can market this a little bit so that people can go back and play this. And this is no discredit to the modder, like I said. But no, it's fucking smart. What do you? Yeah. No, but I'm, <laughs> I, yeah, and that's no discredit to him. I'm just saying that you know it's not like everyone's gonna play all the mods. Like you know, I, I saw firsthand the amount of investment in like a couple of minutes that Bethesda has in their own community. Where Matt Grandstaff was sitting at a table at E3. He was late to a meeting with me, and he was just like, "Sorry, I was just talking to the mod author of the, uh, I think it was the campsite mod. He was doing an interview with it, with him, mm. and that interview is actually on Bethesda Net. With it's called like My Creations or something like that. It's about Fallout Four mods, and they then, do a running series on that. Yeah, exactly. And then so he, he met up with him, did that interview, and then right after that, Todd Howard comes out, starts talking about all the YouTube creations and modding in general and stuff. So it's yeah. like they're invested. This might have just been an oversight and an honest mistake, and. Pete Hines actually went to the length on Twitter. He said, like, and I know because it's the internet right now, we just have to take their word for it, right? Which is, is hard to do, at least nowadays, um, uh, mm. for most people. I can, I, you know, can take their word to some degree because I have met them. I know their moral standing. I know them as people, not just internet figures. And that's not me saying, like, hey, guys, yeah. I met them. I, I, Lone, you're right. I fucking say this every podcast. But it's because it fits so well. <laughs> because when you actually know someone, you know the type of person they are, you can actually defend them because you know that they're not just like, mm. oh, let's steal from the modders. It's like, okay, really bad coincidence. It fucking sucks. It's a bad PR move. They should give credit. Maybe, you know, say something out there. Admit that there was inspiration taken. But, no, they weren't just trying to, you know, steal from the modders. I mean – yeah, especially when and like I said, we have to take his word for it. So it's up to you if you want to or not. But Pion said on Twitter, he's like, I actually just went into the office and checked. And no, it was just a pure coincidence. So I think a guy who works there would know who created this dungeon space or what part of the team worked on this Far Harbor. And it was just a coincidence. Yeah. And, and, and you know, Matty and I can only speculate in that regard as well. Mm-hmm. But even if we were to assume and, you know, I, I, I'm willing to assume that maybe one developer happened to play that mod and, and got some inspirations. I don't know if I'd that's true that's, or not. but I'd, I'd say that's safe to say. But if, if we were to even assume that, again, where, whether it's hardcore mode, whether it's uh, bullet time, whether it's all these other features sprinting. or mechanics, <laughs> sprinting, weapon modification, all of these aspects of newer Fallout games that, are, that were inspired by mods, that has happened in the past and credit hasn't necessarily been given. But then this comes around, and again, the mod author isn't claiming plagiarism. He just pointed out similarities and questioned how should credit be given, yeah. which I, we keep needing to bear in mind. Um, so I, I, don't, I just didn't understand how this was so vastly different to those past examples where we actually praised Bethesda for looking at the mod community and taking inspirations for the, from this these great true. mods. Yeah. You know? This is true also that most people were like yes bethesda you know thank you for listening to the modders and and not just the modders but also you look at wishlist videos that people make myself included and you see how they listen to mechanics for that as well it's they listen so why is it that this is any different sure i guess there's a big difference like i said to you loan it's a a difference between mechanics and and quest lines and areas like they're, they're two separate things in my opinion where Mechanics are something you kind of expect to be implemented because that's the thing, and you rely on the creators themselves to, uh, well, create a, a brand mm. new, fresh experience. That's what Brain Dead felt like. I didn't know it was a mod. I went to like the saying, like, Vault 118 is one of my favorite mods in the entire Fallout universe because of how fucking awesome it is. But also, on top of that, you have to remember the only mods that most people have access to now is Fallout 4 console mods. So 
even if people wanted to play Autumn Leaves, you could maybe bring up the line of defense that, well, you can't play it on New Vegas on the PC, so you got to play it here on Fallout 4's Fallout Harbor DLC. Yeah, uh, That seems like a stretch, if I'm honest, but I'm just saying, like, there, there's also that worth considering. Yeah, and, you know, people are influenced by story elements and other stories, whether it's books or other games, all the time. It happens all the time. And the mod author himself admits that, directly says, I seriously think this is okay. Autumn Leaves itself has so many different inspirations, whether it's from Planescape, Cluedo, older Fallouts, etc. This is how storytelling works. It's not like every time you have a story element that's similar to another story in the past, you necessarily have to give credit. That's not how copyright or, or fair use or any of that works, right? So the mod author himself admits that. But there are, like, if there are similarities, there are similarities. And I think the discussion should be how best should mod authors get that recognition and get yeah. that credit. I, I, maybe this guy should be interviewed by Bethesda for their um, Bethesda.net articles on mod author creation. Like, I, I think that would be cool yeah, see, to, what, to try and say, you know. What this needs to turn into, what this discussion is very important, what it needs to turn into is not, all right, how can we target Bethesda and, and vilify them? It's about how can we reward the modders. That's what we need to focus on at the end of the day, I think. That's not to say that Bethesda should go around stealing every single mod, or rather not stealing. See, look at me. Following the headlines. Don't do what I do. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, imitating something along those lines. How can they reward the modders that they get inspiration from? Is what I'm trying yeah. to say. That should be what where the conversation yeah. goes. Yeah, uh, and... This is a very, 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 very morally gray area, and people's opinions are going to legitimately differ on that, and that's fine. Like We're not trying to say this is the be-all, end-all, and this is how it should be. Some people that have actually played this mod might actually think, yeah, there are really, there's a lot of similarities here with that quest, and if you are one of those people, please comment below. Like We, we want to know like why we could watch less plays of this particular mod and then compare it with Braindead. We can only speculate in that regard. Hmm. Okay. Well... How about we talk about some more positive modding? Mm. Let's talk about that Fallout 1.5 Resurrection. So what this is is essentially obviously a mod, but it's created on the older Fallout game engine. So it's in between Fallout 1 and 2, hence the name 1.5. It's a natural continuation of the first story. I believe it takes place in New Mexico, if I remember correctly. And I was actually, and it'll be linked down below as well, I was looking at the trailer. I was like, this actually looks like a trailer that would have been made back then for the original Fallout game. And it looks really cool. So if you're about the uh, the old school Fallout experience, just kind of writing and doing turn-taking combat system, then this might be up your alley. It's something you should really look into. I've heard it's uh, a meaty mod. It just came out, so that's cool. But we wanted to give some more modder recognition here because this is one of the standout ones. So, yeah, if mm. you guys want to give that a look. And then the last... Headline we have for the Bethesda News Roundup is the Vault Tech Workshop trophies and achievements that have been released. Pretty simple ones. I'm going to go off the top of my head right now. I know that one is to become the Overseer. There's three trophies. Uh, there's one to become the Overseer. One is equipping a settler in your vault with a vault suit and a pit boy. And the other one is unlocking and building in each of the build areas for Vault 88. That's what it was. Mm. Okay. So, yeah, so for me, becoming the overseer, that's interesting because I thought, I mean, I'm building this vault. Aren't I already the overseer? Just like, you know, kind of like off the start. I, I just assumed that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there's that. I wonder what little, uh, as for the 
the equipping the settlers in vault suits and pit boys. I wonder if that what that entails. You know what I'm saying? Like I wonder if that mm. necessarily means anything because it's such a little detail. Yeah. To to manually equip them in that stuff. You'd that wonder interesting. Yeah, you know, you'd wonder what exactly that means. And then um like I said, uh, unlocking the build areas. Bethesda did a uh Twitchworks thing and it was really actually pretty impressive there's there's a lot of build space there for the vault which is good and so i'm I'm really curious to see what people can build and you can actually take the stuff that like the the assets they give you to build the vault and you can go yeah. outside of the vault itself and build vaults above ground essentially yeah so that's pretty that's cool. awesome yeah because that, that's one thing that we haven't necessarily had as well is like for memory and i could be wrong having vaults that you know have an aspect of underground and above ground Mm-hmm. Um, like we have a lot of vaults, uh, you know, the entrances are above ground, and then you walk down a pathway. But I would like to see that kind of like that dual aspect. Like I'd love to create a vault which is above an area above ground, and then there's this entire underground area. That would be fucking sick. Yeah. So that the DLC is not looking too bad for that. Tell you the truth, it's really yeah. not. I really want to see how creative you can get with the vault experiments. I mm-hmm. think I think that's the. The real I'll get some part. fucked up things. That's what I'm saying. Like that's the, that's <laughs> the important thing to get right because you see some really messed up vault experiments. Bethesda has to know how notoriously evil they all are. You got to be able to do something a little yeah. bit more. So yeah. we'll see in a couple of weeks. It comes out July 26th. So that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to Sweet. that. And now that we're done with that, we can go ahead and talk about other video games. Woo! <laughs> oh, I need to stretch now. That was intense, so, man. Oh. So, I, no, that was intense. And, and just a, a closing note on that, guys. We tried, like, I know, like, I tried to be as fair, and Maddie tried to be as fair as possible in representing this whole mm-hmm. mod creator, quote-unquote, stealing thing. I was trying to ensure, and we were trying to ensure, that we didn't represent, misrepresent what the mod author says, because that's where it started. And, I, and we thought it was important to continuously emphasize what this guy actually said, because I've seen a lot of the media around it, and it, I don't think it was translated well in terms of what he said. Yeah. I saw a lot of uh, accusations, plagiarism, stealing, you know, Blah blah blah, and no, that's not what the model has said. He was very calm and he was very good about it. So, reminds me anyways, of the, not to not to drag this on further, but it reminds me of like the whole PewDiePie thing where they were saying like how, yeah, he, he, he like it was like PewDiePie and other YouTubers do not disclose payment from Warner Brothers about Shadow of Mordor, and and he made uh, a video about it, and he was like, it's I right, saw it. He was like, it's right there. <laughs> it's right in the description. <laughs> He's like, okay, I could have put it higher. Like he admitted he was wrong in the right areas, but like. They're like, I'm yeah. waiting for PewDiePie to comment on this. And he's like, I don't fucking need you. I don't you. fucking need you. I was you. like, Jesus. <laughs> I don't uh, know. Pe- I, people like to hate on him. I like his shit a lot. I like I was I, actually it, watching him for a couple hours last night. I was just chilling in bed watching his stuff. I was like, he, he's a funny guy. Like, he's a funny guy. No wonder he's number one. He's, he's good at what he does. Yeah. Uh, but and, anyway. Oh, anyways, sorry. Uh, you, you were going to say something? Was he was going to say something? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to figure out what I've been playing. I've been playing... Overwatch, like I've always been playing. Same. Uh, uh, I don't think there's anything else, to be honest. I think I just played Overwatch. Pokemon Go. Oh, and of course Pokemon Go. <laughs> it's a funny thing. So I my can't... girlfriend and I, uh, we, we, we had purchased pizza, and we're driving, <laughs> we're driving home, and out of nowhere, she's just like, where's that Eevee bitch? And I just looked at her, <laughs> like, what? <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> she's gotten into it a lot. Uh, apparently, this is the most downloaded 
uh, app in US mobile history. Like wow. something crazy like that. It's wow. o- almost about to overtake Twitter in terms of daily active users. Like when, when my girlfriend and I can just go to a park. It's just and see a fad, a- bro. <laughs> yeah, it's just a fad. And then we see like 10 lures that have been dropped and everyone's like. Oh, in a- that's the best battles. when you just stumble it's up great- and you're just like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get some Pokemon here. I, I, I found a, there were two lure modules placed. I'm just sitting in between them and I actually caught a Blastoise. Uh, that was fake, bro. You, you cheated. Yeah, everyone was like, you, you cheated. That's fake. I'm like, are you fu- – how the fuck do I fake that? Do it, Like, okay, I got screenshots of my else's phone. Like, <laughs> meet me in the, the gym, bitch. Effective. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's your strongest Pokemon, Matty? Blastoise. What What? What? Uh, power? I think he's 1,007 right now. Fucking hell. Wait, there, there are some gyms near me that have, like, fucking Snorlaxes and Gyaradoses over 2,000 power. Gyarados? Like, how Dude, you need yeah. like 400 fucking Magikarp candy oh, to get a Gyarados. And people have done it. And people have done it. Unbelievable. I don't know how I'm... because I I have one, I've caught one Magikarp. One. <laughs> you just need to be in the right area. Unreal. But we're going for a walk today as well. We're going to catch more Pokemon. Yeah, I I got a Hitmonchan the other day. He's my second favorite Pokemon. <laughs> I almost fainted because like I, I might, it was my one ten- of my favorites. I like the Buzz. It was oh, that's a good one too. I, I, cause I, I'm, it was in my 10 kilometer egg and I'm walking yeah. in with my friend. We do a daily walk and we're like, oh shit, my egg's hatching. And I'm like, dude, imagine if it's a Hitmonchan and there he is. And I'm like, oh, oh fuck. Like, I lost dude, my that's mind. That's the thing though, right? Like with the 10 kilometer eggs, I'm so close to hatching a 10 kilometer egg. And those are the really rare Pokemon. So I cannot wait till I hatch it to see what I get. My it's friend, awesome. <laughs> my friend Brian, he was the first one of my group to get a, a 10 kilometer egg and hatch it. And he was just so excited the whole way through. And apparently, like, you can look up stats on the chances of stuff. There was, like, the, there was a minimum chance, and it was, like, the least rare of them all, but it was an Eevee. And oh, he, got, oh. he got an Eevee in his 10-kilometer oh. egg. I was just like, that hurts. That, that, oh, that, that sucks. That yeah. sucks. Because Eevees are so common. Yeah. Yeah. They're, like, just the right amount. They're, like, in the slightly uncommon area, I'd say, because, like, you find them, and it's exciting because you want to get all of them. Because I've gotten two fucking Jolteons. I'm pissed. Oh, that's sweet. What's wrong with Jolteon? I no, like Jolteon. I love Jolteon, but like literally in this game, like okay, in other Pokemon games, I wanted to catch them all, and I, I've done that with. Oh, wait, hold on, you you evolved an EV twice into Jolteon. Yes, I swear. Oh, that sucks. Okay, yeah, that's that what sucks. I mean. So, okay, you know, I, I've I've collected them all in Pokemon Blue. Mm. It's the only time I've done that. Now, now that the generation one's back, and I could do that in real life, I kind of want to do that. I, I don't know how hard I'm going to dedicate myself to it, you know, but. Still, I, I want to gradually do that over time, hopefully. Because that's did it's you fun. see? Did you see that Nintendo's releasing a mini NES console? Yes, that was gonna be uh-huh. my, that was gonna be my gaming news, but we'll talk about that now. Oh, I'm so excited, <laughs> know, dude! It's such a good idea. They, they have okay. They have they have yeah. They really are on a roll right now. It's kind of it's kind of refreshing to see Nintendo doing work, uh, even though like I've shit on them before. Anyway, uh, they. They put in. I know they put in Final Fantasy. That was awesome. Great choice, right there. There's a Don't reason. Be. There's a reason Final Fantasy's in there, Lone. You know that, right? Shut the fuck up, Maddie. Because continue. because these types of games are fucking awesome. <laughs> Maddie, no no one gives a shit about your Japanese games, all right? Yes, they do. There's a reason it's in there. Yeah. You, you know the, the ironic thing about that is that Pokemon's a Japanese game. But anyways, I just, know, just right? Yeah, I know that. I no, I because I, I keep track of these types of things. So when people who are, like, determined. They're like, that's a weeb game. I fucking hate Japanese games. I'm like, 
You playing Pokemon Go, right? Yeah. Play Pokemon. Huh. Huh. <laughs> That's interesting. You want to know who made that? Or, oh, I like Metal Gear. It's like, you want to know what team made that? Huh? You know, like, yeah. come on. Yeah. But anyway, um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, Mini NES. There was Super Mario Bros. 1 through 3. There was Donkey Kong Jr., something like that. Uh, what else was there? I'm trying to remember. There was uh, uh, two, Z- two Zelda games. The one in the Adventures of Link, I believe. Uh, that's oh Castlevania. There's that. I'm thinking about buying it just for the sake of. It's kind of like a collector's Let's thing, see. right? Sixty bucks. Yeah. Can't really argue. Well, Sixty with that. bucks for you, a hundred for me. Oh really? Are you still gonna Australian, buy it? mate? <laughs> Are you still gonna buy it? Yeah, of course I am. So, all right, the, the full game. Let's see what. Oh, Doctor Mario. Yeah, I've never played Doctor Mario actually. You should. It's a great game. Mm. Great game. You get all uh, Super Mario Brothers one, two, and three. Great, Legend of Zelda and Zelda two. Oh my, I'm I'm getting this. <laughs> no, while we could, while it's like we like rare replay. It's like oh, I'm getting this. Even though I'm gonna play like yeah. three games from it. Jet like, Force Gemini. That's a great. We game, could easily dude. just download the emulator and the ROM and and stuff. It it doesn't have that authentic feel with it. And hopefully with this though, it'll like pair nicely with our HD TVs and upgrade is really cool. That's it's gonna using be awesome. An HDMI, so. Oh, sweet. So, yeah, I, I'd imagine so. I could be Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, can't I'm, I'm wait. excited for that because it's a smart move because what they're doing here is like, okay, we don't have like a Wii U that's going to sell like crazy. We don't have a game for the Wii U that's going to sell like crazy, at least one that personally I'm not aware of. And I think mm. just the Wii U's name, although I enjoy my Wii U, it's, it's kind of been like a tainted name. So they don't have this big game, something that's going to sell on the holiday. So this is a good thing to do to sell on the holiday because you're going to get – New players in who are like, oh, I like gaming a lot. I didn't play a lot of these games on the NES. I'll admit I haven't played a lot of those games that they listed. But mm. now that's intriguing because I don't have to buy the NES from some eBay user and then 40 separate games that are overpriced because they're collectors. Now I can get that all emulated on this thing, uh, which is awesome, especially because mm. it's a mini collector's thing and it's at a good price, at least at least in the U.S. I don't know if I'd spend 100 on it, but $60, that's awesome. I really mm. like that. That's exciting stuff. It's gonna be my Christmas present. That's what I'm. Isn't that yeah, right? yeah, that's what that's, that's... girlfriend. <laughs> can you can you buy me? A I should angel? drop that hint on my girlfriend. I really should. <laughs> you should. <laughs> I think I think I've gotten to that point now. I think I should do that. Sweet. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. All right. <laughs> um, what's what's my? I guess that's my news topic as well. To be honest. Yeah, but what what I'm really playing this week is I you, you said Overwatch. Me, I've been playing a. I don't think I went into detail on it last week. I mentioned it, but I've been playing Paragon lately with my my friends what nothing describe it's not a japanese game it's by the i know i'm not i'm not assuming you just just play some interesting games that's all oh really is that a bad thing no go just describe a chance describe paragon i'm giving you a chance to describe it's a moba uh epic games you realize that like overwatch is part MOBA, right? Like <laughs> everyone, everyone, no, but I know. But people are like, I hate MOBAs and stuff, and I don't like really MOBAs at all, even though I play them a lot. Like I don't enjoy. I don't like the, the traditional MOBAs. I don't like League, and I don't like Dota too. I can't stand those games. Yeah. But Overwatch is arguably a, a MOBA esque experience, but more of a first person shooter than you have uh, Smite, which is awesome. Paragon's yeah. pretty good, but anyway, Paragon is your. It's an early access title right now, but it was free on PSN for this month, so I figured why not, right? Um, because it was like a starter pack that's $20 usually, but it's free now. And so mm. I was playing it, and um, 
it's it's pretty fun. I did talk about this because I remember saying my favorite character was Fang Mao, and you made fun of me. But now I've been using Ugh. Iggy and Scorch, so not a weeb. I've been trying mm. something new, and it, mm. it uses a card system instead of buying the items. Like for example, in, in a, a Smite or League of Legends or anything, where you go back to home base and you and you buy these items. Instead, you stack cards in a deck, and then if you complete that card stack, you get an extra bonus as well, such as like damage cooldown reduction, mm. stuff like that. And it's a really intriguing system. It's complicated at first because they kind of just tried to make the item system for MOBAs just more sophisticated. But it's a really fun game. I, I really enjoy it. It's a, it's a good fresh change of pace. And uh, it's a yeah. fun game to play with friends, especially if it's free. I don't, I don't regret downloading it. I've put like 18 hours into it now. So it's fun. It's a good game. Nice. Yeah, nice. Nice. Yeah, nice. <laughs> nice. Oh, oh, other gaming news. Today is KOTOR's 13th birthday. Uh, 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 I, w- I was going to send a cheeky tweet in response to that, but I'm like, I you know what? I had a feeling. I, I was, I was I'm going to let Maddie have his moment. <laughs> no, today was just the, it's, you know, the, the best day ever. Essentially happened 13 years ago. As we record this, mind you, the, the podcast we're recording right now uh, on July 15th, hmm. but or at least in the in the U.S., right, Lon? But, um july 16th here yeah isn't that interesting but uh, every every time i'm like I, I start streaming or something people are like learn it's like five o'clock in the morning oh, i'm no, like the feeling. world doesn't revolve around america i not even okay it's not just america but like i hate when i tweet and people are like man go to bed go to bed <laughs> it's like shut your mouth okay i don't need you telling me when to go to fucking sleep i can't stand that the worst is mm-hmm. when, when someone – I remember when <laughs> – Noah got – oh, my. <laughs> Do you remember when, like, we first started the podcast and Noah used to get so fucking mad at this one viewer who, like, didn't understand the conception of time zones? And anytime Noah would tweet, he's like, no, it's like, it's like 8 a.m. Why are you up? And he's like, time zones, Nate. And then I just remember one time Noah lost his fucking shit. He was like, oh, my God, dude. Are you fucking kidding me? Like – <laughs> that's funny shit oh no well, we miss you yeah not really yeah <laughs> i'm scrolling down my twitter right now just to make sure i'm not missing any other gaming news that uh might have um, surfaced well random news i just read an article about how potentially brock lesnar was caught doping mm. 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 oh that's it. that's gonna taint things um yeah boy no, literally half of like because I use Feedly. It's a great um, app that just consolidates all these major news websites. You've, you've talked about that app so many times. Oh, I, it's a great app that I'm not sponsored. Oh, shill. Um, it, it, it consolidates like all the major news websites and their articles, and like half of them are Pokemon Go. It's the funniest shit. Mm. Still scrolling. Uh, here. Oh my god! All I tweet about is Pokemon Go. Someone found like this really um, old 64DD disk drive accessory in the US. That was pretty cool. Do you, you, you know what those were? What? Did you ever have a Nintendo 64? Hell yeah. So you know, they, they were going to release a disk drive uh, connection for it, which would like what? go on the bottom. Yeah. My mind um, is blown. And they released it uh, in Japan, I think, but it wasn't su- <gasps> successful. So they didn't release it in the US, but apparently this guy found an old working model of a US version that was never released. This collector. Like, it would be worth so much money. It's kind of like how someone found the Nintendo and Sony uh, dual console that they were going to do. What? That's a thing, too? That's a thing, yeah. Wow. Do you remember the, do you know the Super Nintendo? Yeah. So they were going to do, like, a combined partnership with that, and then 
So I think Nintendo said no to Sony, so Sony made the PS One. Nah, I'm processing. Did I just blow your mind right now? Processing this. That's a that's a heavy butterfly effect. Imagine, Uh, 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 imagine that things went the other way. I know, dude. No, apparently Xbox was trying to work with Sony uh, with Nintendo as well initially. Oh Jesus Christmas! So so Nintendo created their two massive competitors. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Yeah. Crazy! Wow! Crazy! 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 Um, I don't think there's any more news, man. Oh, there's there's news, Lon. There's news. Um, what is it? There was a Reddit post that I saw that was not was not good, Lon. About what? <clears throat> oh God! Here we go. It's about the PS Vita. Ah oh, yes! <laughs> hold up! Hold up! Let me let me get prepared. Go on, Maddie. So this Reddit post featured what seems to be a legitimate email from Sony to Amazon America saying to discontinue multiple versions of the PS Vita because they will no longer be selling stuff. (laughs) (laughs) How do you feel, Matty? You're okay? Need some water? I drank the rest of my water, so yes, actually. (laughs) It's so... (laughs) They gave up. They gave up way too soon on this system and didn't support it properly it's just it's really really it's not shocking but it's just it's if this leak is true i don't know what i'm gonna do man that's my favorite handheld system it's kind of like someone sleeping and you just slowly smother them with a pillow to shh it's gonna be okay shh that's fucking that's what they've been doing to the ps vita for the past couple of years they need to try one more time Mm. just for people like me no don't call. It's, it's don't. not. It's just not successful, Maddie. You know, it's not. Bus- it's not viable from the business perspective. They like, have so much money from the PlayStation Four, they could wipe their own ass with twenties for fucking. Yeah, years. but they have failing businesses everywhere else but the PlayStation. Like Sony's wasn't dire shit for a while. They're uh, good now because yeah. the PS Four. Yeah, but see, 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 see. What if they made another handheld that was a a, a raring success? Then you could just tack that on to the PS Four success. If the three DS, if the three DS. Matty, if the 3DS is slowing down in sales, which is a really solid, popular handheld, then the Vita's got no chance. It's or a- a- any follow-up talk, talks about the 3DS. It's like people need something new and fresh. Like if you we made okay, if you, if you made like a, if you made a handheld that was smaller but could power something as strong as like a top-of-the-line PS3 game or 360 mm. game, that'd mm. be exciting. Mm. Because the Vita can play games that look like ones that would run on a PS3, but it's obviously it's big, so people didn't really find it appealing. But I think there's a chance for the future of of handheld gaming if you make it look as not as dated, because you know 3DS mm-hmm. games don't have that good of graphics. Obviously, the Vita has decent graphics on its exclusive games that were created by first party studios, but mm, that didn't really work out well. Yeah, Maddie, it's over. He's <laughs> just so depressed. It's wrong. <laughs> it's the only system like I make sure I keep all physical copies of the game for. <laughs> and, and they just let me down. Japan still has like PSV to stores that are bigger than some of the stores we have for all games in Australia. <laughs> and now they're discontinuing it. Funny. Sorry. <clears throat> You want to go into fan questions, Matty, to get your mind off of it? Sure. <laughs> did you send out a tweet before? Or did I, we do? I did send out a tweet. 
Oh, cool. Okay, so let's let's have a read, shall we? Mm-hmm. Do you think? Okay, this is from at lone underscore wanderer eight. Do you think we will see other generations of Pokemon added to Pokemon Go as time goes on? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. That's that's the natural next step. Yeah, I I want to see like a Don Fan, Heracross, all those Pokemon, um, and. This seems like this is a game that Maddie keeps saying isn't a fad. The way it stops becoming a fad is if they, they keep adding it. features. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they need to like they're adding trading soon. Uh, they can add obviously more Pokemon. What I think would be really cool, and I still I think I said this in the last podcast, is kind of like a Pokemon League. So you have gyms everywhere, but there should be specific locations oh, yeah. in the city that is a, that there are dedicated Pokemon leagues, and the best Pokemon uh, trainers in the country or or the area are the uh, Pokemon leaders. It would be awesome. It would be fucking sick. No, that's true. I think I think another thing, and I said this as well last podcast, would just be the the implementation of like certain specific areas in the world being like a host of something really yeah. cool there. I think that would be awesome. They, they need to have uh, legendary talking. Pokemon. They need to have legendary Pokemon events. So, like, go to this event in this particular area of the city and you can catch a Mewtwo or something like that. That would be sick. Yeah, that and new Pokemon. It, like you said, the, the way to keep this relevant and not to die out is if they aggressively support this thing. Um, and and yeah. they've, they've been handling that well so far where they already started talking about the next update. There's been two updates for it so far. One that fixed, like, the security issue as well as some of the crashes and the next one fixed the logins for the Pokemon Trainer Club. And then now I'd imagine the next update will be for the the train or the uh, the trading. Yeah, yeah. I'm so excited to go on my Pokemon Go walk today. It's going to be great. <laughs> um, at Austin Grump asks, the weirdest place you've ever found a Pokemon? I got a Parasect while I was taking a shit the other day. <laughs> <laughs> He crawled out of the toilet. I actually took like a fucking picture, and you see like my pants around my ankles and a parasect just sitting by my feet. I'm like, this is ridiculous, but I gotta. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. I, I I don't have like a weird Pokemon story. Like people, you know, all those nude Pokemon Go pictures that have been cropping up with like diglets on people's dicks and shit. <laughs> Nothing like that has ever happened to me. I, the worst thing I had was like a I woke up and there was an oddish next to me. It was just kind of cool and surreal. But nothing really re- weird or anything like that. Um, do you have a good question to ask, Matty? Have you been looking? No, I haven't because, like I said, I, I wasn't going to bring up my uh, Oh, God. Wow. At Brendan. We can always trust on Brandon to ask these questions. Ask <laughs> Brandon Bennett. At, yeah. yeah. At Brandon Bennett. <laughs> I knew it. Sorry, Congrats. Yeah, like you're actually known, you know? Yeah. Because you, you, you ask the good stuff. You, you make the memes. <laughs> if you had to either... Buck a squirtle against its will or tongue kiss alone for 20 whole seconds, which one would you do? <laughs> fuck a squirtle for 20 seconds? Is that, was that part no, of it? No, no, no. You either had to fuck a squirtle against its will, so he's saying rape, or tongue kiss me for 20 seconds, which would you do? I'd obviously tongue kiss you. <laughs> yeah! 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 Great answer. Oh, and, okay, well, Brandon, and he says you can't use lube in a separate tweet, but... Oh my god. Oh, that's a sick question. You know what? He must have low expectations for what I look like. Because if, if that's a legitimate contender for, tink, for kissing me for 20 seconds, that's just rude, Brandon. Mm. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, what's your favorite Pokemon at 
Rattlesnake. Or Rattlesnakey? You guys have some weird fucking hand- handles, like seriously. Scyther. Dragonite. Dragonite. Yeah, for me, it's like Scyther, Hitmonchan, and Gyarados. I love... I just hatched... I was just telling Lone, I hatched a Hitmonchan on my, on my walk home. And, and you cheated to catch a Blastoise, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Dragonite. Who else do I like from the first... I like Arcanine as well, or Arcanine, however you say it. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Like, I have other favorite, but those two are definitely my... I mean, I want a Pikachu oh. still. I'm, I'm pretty excited to finally get that one these days. I want Pikachu because I like Raichu. I really like Raichu. No, you're so weird. Why am I weird? What's wrong with Raichu? Do you see... Are you see oh, who says that? Who I said, like who Raichu. Says that the, a- who says that, the, like, the face of, of Pokemon? Yeah, I, I want Raichu. Fuck you, Maddie. I like Raichu. It's stronger than Pikachu, and... It looks cooler. It's got a cooler it tail. It looks like a fucking sausage with a tail. And Pikachu doesn't? No, hold Pikachu's on. cute. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're, do- we're doing a fucking Twitter poll right now. Oh, my God. Raichu, Pikachu. I'm doing it. I'm- I have to get a good picture of both of them, all right? And we're doing a poll. And this we're is a see- worthless poll because everyone, even just based off familiarity, they're just going to go Pikachu. No, I-, I guarantee you Raichu will win. Ew, if they do, I'm going to be stunned. I will I be just, stunned. I just need to get a good picture of him. Fucking ew. No, I like Raichu, but ew. Pikachu's so much better. No, no, Raichu's going to Not, not, be, not yeah, combat-wise, but like... I cool, guarantee cool, you. I think cool-wise, Raichu. No. Ew, no. Maddie, if that, I'm if telling that, you. If that's the case, I will give up. I will quit the show. All right, more. <laughs> I will be out of here. Who do you like more? All right, and I'm gonna add a poll. Oh, with a poll you can't uh, add pictures. That's stupid. Hmm. Pikachu. Who do you like more? And I'm gonna hashtag Pokemon Go. See. Alrighty, Maddie, I'm telling you right now. Um, I have to go back to your Twitter now to see questions. This is such a poor podcast. <laughs> it's because we can't. Have, it's like one. Usually, when we have a third, it's easier, but. Yeah. You're literally handling everything on the other end while I just sit here and film. Uh... <laughs> what kind of po- uh, at haunting demon arcs? Uh, what kind of Pokemon would Noah have on his arc if he could only have ten? Oh man, Ooh, that's stick a great... to first gen. Stick to first gen. All right. All right. So it's Noah. All right. I know he'd want a Growlithe. He seems pretty pretty obsessed with Growlithe. I, I just need to re- like have a look at all of them. To make sure that I'm not missing any. I got this cool picture here. Alrighty. I think Noah. Okay, he would have to have a water type on his arc, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's say Lapras. Uh, maybe Lapras would be yeah. a Pokemon. Yeah, I'd say I'd, I can see Noah riding a Lapras. Yeah. Uh, Jinx, because he, he, he would need a girlfriend while he's on his arc. Oh! <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> what? No, that was good. <laughs> right, so that, we'll, we'll say that's two. That, wait, is three, it Growlithe? Yes, yeah, so three, three Growlithe. Oh, who else? Um, mm. I'm not going so I'm going off my head right now. Mm. Uh, I can see him like cuddling with a Metapod, so I'm going to put that as four. 
<laughs> I'm opening up my my Pokédex right now. That sounded so fucking cool. You're damn that right I am. So, you're, da- you're damn right I'm opening up a Pokédex. Um, yeah, he needs a Kangaskhan because he needs something that's kangaroo-esque. So that's five. <laughs> I guess then I'm the Growlithe, technically. <laughs> uh, uh, he needs Lickitung to please himself, so six. Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, give me some good answers here. Um, he needs Grimer to bathe himself. <laughs> seven. Uh, Jigglypuff oh. to squeeze. <laughs> That's eight. Oh, Christ. Um, who else? Who else? Uh, nine for, uh, for Snorlax. I need something to sleep on. He, he needs a Snorlax to sleep on. He needs a weeping bell for more pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> and then Cloister, because it looks like a vagina. There you go! Yeah, 11. <laughs> that's, great, that's a great It's a great list. Um, and one more. I hit, This is a good question. Starter Pokemon. At PV Player TV asks, Charmander, Squirtle, or Bulbasaur? Who do you prefer? Squirtle. Okay. I chose Squirtle when I played Pokemon Go, but that's because I always chose Charmander when I play the games. So I'd have to say Charmander because I picked him more, and I'm, he's probably my favorite. But I like Squirtle because I like Blastoise. Yeah, I mean, if we're looking at the terms of like the final evolved form, mm. like Charizard is obviously the fucking most badass. He's cool. Yeah, yeah, but Blastoise is pretty close behind. He's... Yeah, but yeah. I I just like Squirtle. I think because in the sense of at least for memory's sake. Now, I could be wrong because this is young Maddie's experience talking, but I remember it was just strategically beneficial. It felt like to go with uh, a Squirtle from the start because you could huh. wipe out Brock's gym right away. You could get other Pokemon, level them up. You could easily yeah. find a grass Pokemon to take out Misty. Oh, man. Like If you didn't have Squirtle, fighting Brock was a pain in the ass. Like, you could get, like, a Mankey or something and, and easily take him out. But if you just had, like, a... If you were playing Yellow and had a Pikachu, or if you just had, like, a Pidgey or other bug type, or obviously, like... um, sorry, Yellow yellow was hard. Stuff. Yeah, I remember that. Yellow yeah. was hard, but Yellow was cool because you got to get all starter Pokemon. That was awesome. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, Yellow was hard in the sense of, like... Because that was my first Pokemon game. So, like, Yellow was difficult in the sense of... When you first start off that gym, you're like... Why can't I use my Thunderbolt on this Geodude? Oh my god. And it's like, it's not effective. Fuck, I just realized that my poll, for some reason, didn't translate into a poll. It just showed the picture. Fuck. Raichu. I have to do this again, Maddie. We have to know. Yeah. You, you, you keep fighting that losing battle. No, I'm not. All right. This might be a poll I'll actually win. No, you're not going to win this. I'm tell I'm telling you right now, people like Raichu more. I'm telling you, I, I'm telling you right <laughs> now. Give me good reasons why. Because first of all, it's not if like just said, like if you said Pichu, I might understand. But okay, let, let let's put it this way. Have you been watching WWE recently? Right, they, they had this guy called Roman Reigns, and he was pushed as the face of the company, the the top guy, and no one liked him because he was just in our faces all the time. That's the way I feel with Pikachu. Okay, Pikachu is always there. He's always the main guy. We know he's important, but I just prefer another Pokemon. Not so Pikachu. you're like openly saying I'm a fucking hipster. Yeah. 
Like you're just doing this because you want to stick it to the man. No, I'm not going to stick it to the man. I, I genuinely though, based on design, I think Raichu has a cool design. Like especially with the with the tail and the lightning bolt, I think that looks awesome. Pikachu's I, I tail like is a lightning bolt. It's a little little jagged. Yeah, thing. but Raichu's got like one distinct at the end. It's kind of cool. Oh, right. Come on, man. Isn't there like an episode or a Pokemon movie where he evolves right like Pikachu into Raichu and then wants to get him back as Pikachu? No, no. I'm, I'm pretty sure there is. Wait a minute. Ash uh, evolves. Hold up. That's that's I not think, a thing. I I think. Wait, Pikachu evolving to a Raichu. Rare footage never seen. Nah, there's, nah, it's not a just, thing. Just me. Okay, my bad. Nah. Okay. No, there, there was an episode. I remember this one. Where he was fighting another Raichu, I, I think it was Lieutenant Surge, um, and he was about to give Pikachu a, a, a Thunderstone, and then Pikachu's like, "No, I don't want it." That 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 was that's episode. what it was. Yeah. See, like even Pikachu's like the the older, better version of me fucking sucks. Who wants <laughs> that? No one. Yeah, but Raichu's better. Mm. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> All right, I, th- I think that's the end of the podcast. Yes, sir. Mm. That'll be it. Mm. Noah, thank you for joining us today. Noah, um, we, we really appreciate your effort and, and taking the time and joining this podcast. It's always great to have your opinion. <clears throat> yeah. We we love when you answer those sexually oriented Pokemon questions too. <laughs> as open and honest as Noah can do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, for those who have listened this deep, thank you. And as a reward, I'm going to take off my hat and show you my hair right now. Oh my goodness, I have a red mark on my fucking forehead. Wow. Your hat. Wow, yeah. That's nice. bad. Yeah, but this is your reward. Congrats. <laughs> if, you li- if you listen this deep, you just you just saw my mane right now, and it's awful. Uh, but you know what? You, you, you put in the effort. You deserve this. You deserve mm. this hair right You're now. You're a hardcore fan. Yeah, like you, you deserve this. I'm going to mess up my hair for you. I'm going to see what happens. I'm closing God. my eyes right now. I don't know. Uh, you Can know, you do like a slow motion hair flip? For the, oh, for the- my God. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I'm, I'm ready for the screenshots on Sunday. <laughs> My goodness. That's brilliant. That is absolutely brilliant. That's actually... Oh, wow. People are voting for Pikachu. I'm not happy about this. Yeah, what's the polls at right now? 65% to 35%. That's bullshit, man. That's bullshit. Raichu's better. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. Mm. Anyways, thank you for listening to the Ham Radio Podcast. As always, links for T-shirts... Sugar bombed, all that jazz in the description below. And we'd like to get the guests to end this podcast. So, my lovely girlfriend, would you like to end the podcast for us? She's just giving me an evil stare right now. I don't think she wants I, to. I support. just picture her like sitting on a bed, just glaring at you from the side of her, you know. She's lying down, that lazy bitch. Oh. I, I didn't mean that. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> We're going on a Pokemon walk. Uh, anyways, thank you for joining us, guys. We really appreciate it, as always. Yep. Thank you guys for tuning in. I love you so much. Goodbye. Love you. Peace. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.